How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you until 10 o'clock this evening. Thanks for sticking around here on At Your Service. We always appreciate it. I also want to mention, uh, if you ever want to reach out to me, just this week I, I got several emails from listeners at my, uh, my my law firm email address, and I always respond, but I always appreciate listener feedback. If you want to send me an email, I even check it during the show, uh, my email address, Young. that's B-Y-O-U-N-G, at harrisdowell.com, H-A-R-R-I-S, as in Sam, D as in David, O-W-E-L-L.com. Love to hear from you. Uh, today, I always like to talk about what day it is. Uh, you know, this is every day is some national something day. And today is, is National International Women's Day. And I don't understand what it is you're supposed to celebrate. I mean, isn't Every woman, an international woman from someone's perspective. I mean, if if you're a woman in the United States to Ireland, you are an international woman. So why do we have to say International Women's Day? Just make a National Women's Day. I, I don't understand why we have to put a, a tag on it. And how are you supposed to celebrate it? I, I cooked dinner for my wife tonight. That's how we celebrated International Women's Day. And, uh, you know, my wife's from Florissant, so it's <laughs> it's not like an international made a difference, uh, but uh, you can celebrate it any way that you wish. I did get a text from a good friend of mine, uh, Vic Avellino, today. He's a very proud Italian-American, and uh, his comments were, you have to celebrate International Women's Day by honoring Italian women. And uh, I don't know if that he meant his mother or his wife or someone else, or maybe he would just want you to go out and watch the Godfather, uh, because that's, of course, full of Italians. I don't know. I'll have to check with Vic tomorrow and see. But uh, the other thing that's coming up around the corner is we've got Daylight Savings Time coming up this Sunday. And I wanted to bring in producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski uh, to talk about this. Uh, hey, Matt, do you um, do you care one way or the other about about this whole uh, spring forward, fall back, Daylight Savings Time? You know, I, I hate losing that hour of sleep coming up soon. But if it gets us more sunlight in the day, I'm all for it. So if you look at it like a contract, okay, (laughs) if you're going to have somebody mow your yard, this is your classic contracts 101 situation. I'll pay you $50 to mow my yard. You're getting something for something. So if you look at this as an equation, 
you're losing one hour of sleep in exchange for an additional hour of daylight for the entire summer and early fall. Is that a good contract from Matt Pajeski's perspective? It is a good contract. I'd like to keep it that way, too. Once we once we spring forward, I'm all for staying on that time uh, throughout the entire year. Well, most people are that way, too. Uh, I, I did see that 61% of Americans in a recent poll said, let's stop changing it. Just, just leave it at daylight savings time and leave it that way year-round. Wasn't it created to give the farmers more daylight to harvest crops? Are, are we still using it for that reason, or are we past that now? Well, we're, it's not like we're an agrarian economy any longer, I which I always look for ways to work agrarian into a conversation <laughs> because it's just a cool word. Yeah. But, uh, but, no, I think the biggest reason now, every time this debate comes up, I've heard this argument debated a thousand times, and the debate now is always this. If you left it at daylight savings time all year round, then then when kids get on the bus at 7 o'clock in the morning, they're going to be standing in the dark. And so they pitch it as a health and safety that kids shouldn't be standing at bus stops in the dark. And, of course, the first thing that comes to my mind is there's this thing. It's an invention called a flashlight. I mean, give your kid a flashlight. He'll, he or she will enjoy goofing around with the flashlight. It won't bother your kids to stand on the corner. But that's the whole reason. Do you think that's a, a good enough reason to nix the whole I, benefit just because kids are standing on the in line for the bus no, and it's dark? I, I mean, not to go against the kids' safety, but I really don't know if that's a good <laughs> Wrap the kids in some reflective tape and uh, exactly. tell, them, tell, them, tell them good luck. Exactly. Put put on that, like that orange reflective gear that deer hunters wear. You know, <laughs> give kids that. You can see it from a mile away. Yeah. And so in that instance, actually it would be more safe, even though it's at night, if they're, you know, if they're glowing like the top of the Chrysler building at <laughs> night, uh, they're even going to be more safe than they would otherwise be. So I think you could make the argument that the safest thing to do is to actually institute year-round daylight savings. Yeah, let's but, do this. I'm, I'm all for it, Brad. Let's get but, some signatures. Let's go. Get, get a petition going here. But one of the things is, and I know we're coming up on a break here, but but uh, approximately 13% of Americans say that that this disruption of time every twice a year has a major disruption on their health. It, does that ever impact you in any way? Uh, losing that hour of sleep does kind of bum me out the next day, but you know, after after another day, I'm I'm back on track. Exactly. I don't I don't lose I don't lose sleep over it. I guess I do lose sleep <laughs> over it, but it doesn't affect my health significantly after, at all. Either after another day or after three Red Bulls, you're fine, <laughs> you're, right? You're right. And I work at four o'clock in the evening, so it's not like I need to wake up early, anyways. Yeah, so I I don't know. I just wish we we always have to have something to argue about, and this is one of those things. And I just wish we could just make it year round daylight savings and just be done with it. Uh, one of the things is I wanted to mention coming up after the break, we're going to talk to uh, Robert Moffat from the Heritage Foundation because there's a hearing that started today on the origins of COVID. And what did our officials know? When did they know it? And the real question is, does it matter at this point? I think it does. But let's hear from Robert Moffat from the Heritage Foundation coming up next here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to At Your Service here on KMOX. I'm Brad Young. And as I mentioned before, the break. These hearings on the origin of COVID-19 started today. And I think these hearings are incredibly, incredibly important. But to break break things down for, number one, what we heard today, and number two, what we might expect to hear as these hearings progress is Robert Moffitt. He's a senior fellow in domestic policy studies at the Heritage Foundation. Robert, thanks for joining us this evening here on X St. Louis. Brad, it's a pleasure. And you are right. Uh, these are one of the most this is one of the most important set of hearings that Americans will have maybe in our generation. Yeah. And, and I just looked at the numbers today. Worldwide, COVID killed seven million people across the globe, more than a million people in the United States. And That's so right. and so far, uh, up, to, up to very recently, everyone was just kind of shrugging their shoulders about uh, this isn't important. But from your perspective, not just because of the casualty count. But why should people care about finding out the origins of COVID and also how our government responded once COVID became known? Well, I mean, the big point is, is that, I mean, there are a couple of big points, but the point that was made by a number of the witnesses today before the House Oversight Committee uh, is that uh, if we do not know how this uh, type of virus, it's a novel coronavirus, meaning we've never seen anything like this before, if we don't know exactly how this uh, virus was developed uh, and how it emerged, uh, we will not be able to prepare as well uh, for the next pandemic uh, because we've got to be able to identify these things to make a determination about whether they are emerging in nature or 
uh, they are the product of a laboratory engineering project, perhaps a military project. Hmm. Yeah, and one of the witnesses, Dr. Robert Redfield, former CDC director, he testified today, and I'm quoting, this is what he said, and I want to get your take on this. We're talking, of course, to Robert Moffat from the Heritage Foundation. Here's what Dr. Robert Redfield said, quote, in September of 2019, three things happened in that lab, talking about the lab in Wuhan. One is that they deleted the sequences. Second thing they did was that they changed the command and control from civilian control to military control. And the third thing they did, which is they let contractors redo the ventilation system in the laboratory to change how air was circulated, unquote. I mean, don't you think that that in of itself is all is is bombshell significant information? Yes, it's uh, it's not exactly a a smoking gun. Uh, but uh, the circumstantial evidence is overwhelming. Uh, And that is, in fact, why the Department of Energy and the Federal Bureau of Investigation have taken the position now, officially, uh, that this was probably the uh, lab leak. Uh, They were working on something very, very significant. The fact that the People's Liberation Army of China had seized control of the lab immediately indicates that there was something more here than a civilian science project. Exactly. And are you concerned, Robert, that the the political left in this country attempted to either deny or just outright hide the origins of COVID-19? Does that bother you? I mean, both from a personal level, but also from a policy level. Well, on a personal level, obviously, but on a policy level, uh, we're playing with fire here. I think the, um, the big story here today is we've had a very significant hearing with people testifying under oath, meaning that if, in fact, uh, they uh, do not tell the truth in a congressional hearing, they are subject to criminal penalties. I can't imagine something of more gravity Mm. uh, for ordinary Americans than a hearing like this and maybe the other hearings that are going to follow, because this affects every human being. uh, Well, in this particular case, uh, this, uh, this investigation uh, actually, in, in fa- uh, affects every human being on the planet. Yes, okay? of uh, course it does. But the other matter here that is really serious is that if, in fact, this was a laboratory-engineered project uh, where they, um, where the Chinese developed a, a novel coronavirus, um, what was the po- purpose of it? Um, was there any kind? Uh, now, this is a speculation. But was there any any uh, was there any uh, relationship between what they were doing in that lab and uh, Chinese uh, military bio biomedical or biological warfare projects? That is critical because it will indicate to us exactly the da- the, the danger that mm. we may in fact be dealing with. Well, you're exactly right. Robert Moffat is the senior fellow uh, in domestic policy studies at the Heritage Foundation, and I want to shift topics here just for a second on a related topic, but but uh, one of the problems and one of the things that I've spoken about right here on X consistently over time, I'm an attorney during the day, and one mm-hmm. of the things that's bothered me is this squelching of free speech that's been occurring on social media in so many areas. But d- yeah. don't you find it interesting that, that folks, even myself, I was kicked off of YouTube uh, for an interview that I did on the radio whenever I suggested that this virus may come from a lab in Wuhan. I got kicked off of YouTube for that. 
And to me, the question is, is that isn't it troublesome that social media companies were censoring speech that they thought was false? And now it's becoming the prevalent theory and even the the primary theory of branches of our government. Well, I mean, if they were consistent, they would uh, censor the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Department of Energy, and the State Department. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because let me, let, let, while your listeners are listening to this, uh, I have to uh, reveal something, which I, I, I mentioned in the, uh, in the essay I did uh, for the Heritage Foundation, but the, the significance of this cannot be under, underestimated. When Fauci and Collins... Uh, Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins at NIH were doing everything they possibly could in February and March uh, to develop uh, the argument, the narrative, that this uh, coronavirus uh, could not have been the product of a lab leak. Uh, When they were developing this and they were condemning uh, any member of the scientific community or any member of the political community, of promoting a conspiracy theory in April of 2020, State Department personnel independently did an investigation of the Wuhan lab situation, and they came to the conclusion that the circumstantial evidence pointed to a lab leak. In other words, in in 20 in April of 2020, when Collins was telling Fauci that they had to find some way to put down this very destructive conspiracy, State Department officials were telling, uh, were, were, were reporting clearly, they must have been reporting to, uh, um, uh, they were, must have been reporting to uh, their, their uh, Secretary Pompeo. Sure. Uh, the point is, is that they were arriving at a very different conclusion at roughly the same time. Now, given the gravity of the subject, was the White House, was the president made aware of these assessments by the career civil servants at the State Department? I mean, this is really important mm-hmm. stuff. It, it, it is. But can, but can you answer a question for me that sure. I've been struggling with? And that is, as, as I look at this, I can see from a scientific perspective in early 2020, I could see Dr. Fauci or others saying, well, we don't really have enough data right now to make a determination one way or the other. We're going to focus right now on combating the spread of the virus by developing a vaccine for the virus. And once right. we have more information, we'll figure out how it got started. But that wasn't what happened. We had Dr. Fauci yeah. actively and with a militant fervor going against anyone who espoused the possibility that it could come from a lab. My question is, why Why would Fauci and why would others at the CDC be so militantly against the possibility that it came from a lab? That, to me, is actually the ultimate mystery. You know, and, and, and they were fervently pushing this position, right, in the face of a shutdown of any information coming out of communist China concerning the coronavirus a shutdown that the communist Chinese imposed literally on January 3rd, 2020. So how could they be morally certain that this deadly pandemic was not the product of a lab leak? Yes. They had absolutely no in their possession. They had nothing, nothing in their possession that was scientifically verifiable. 
serious evidence. You, as a lawyer, you understand what serious evidence is. Yes, I do. Since January 2020, they had never any verifiable evidence to the contrary to support with such fervor a conclusion that made sense in terms of common sense to other people, including State Department officials and uh, an independent uh, evolutionary virologist, including some of the early scientists who they conferred with, like Christian Anderson at the Scripps Howard uh, at the Scripps Research Center in California, and uh, even uh, and uh, even uh, Jeremy Jeremy Farrar, who was uh, a British virologist uh, who conferred with Fauci and Collins, uh, who is now uh, being. Uh, 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 being considered as the medical director for the World Health Organization, believe it or not. Hmm. Oh, my is, goodness. No, I'm just telling you that, that, that that's why, you know, I thank God uh, that they were that the Republicans were able to get control of this this subcommittee and have subpoena power because they have got a probe deep. And as a lawyer, you understand this probably better than most. They got a pro- probe deep and they've got to be thorough. And frankly, yes. the next thing they need to do is to bring up under oath the Department of Energy analysts and the Federal Bureau of Invest- Investigation analysts and the State Department analysts to testify under oath if that if necessary in executive session, because there, there, there's no doubt here that we're dealing with high level intelligence. Sure, sure. methods and ma- um, yeah, absolutely they have to do this. Well, this is not this is not a question of whether they should do it. They must must do must do it. And you wrote an excellent piece. That's why I'm talking to Robert Moffat, who is a senior fellow in domestic policy studies at the Heritage Foundation, because he wrote an amazing article laying all this information out at uh, with the Heritage Foundation at the Daily dot com. You need to check this out because it is fantastic in terms of the information contained in this story. Uh, Robert, when as these hearings progress, should the hearings also deal with how the communist Chinese government used money and power and influence to block any attempt to investigate the origins of COVID, whether it's through the World Health Organization or any other medical groups on the planet? They've blocked it. Should that also be a focus here? Oh, it should be a focus. And I think if I were, you know, if we had the right White House, the first thing that we would do is we would collaborate with uh, British intelligence, MI6, and also uh, French intelligence and Israeli intelligence, Mossad, to put our efforts together to to do the kind of uh, to do the kind of deep intelligence work that's required to actually get at this. One of the things that uh, Dr. Redfield said today in front of the uh, in front of the the House of Representatives uh, hearing, what was that? You know, he he made the point that uh, on a scientific basis. This may be very difficult to prove one way or the other. In other words, scientifically, there is, as you know, and as I pointed out in the article that you referenced, there is a real division among the scientists on this from the standpoint of what we know scientifically, okay? And in peer-reviewed journals, I've read them both, you know, you uh, on both sides, in peer-reviewed journals, you have first-class scientists coming to very, very different conclusions on this. Um, nevertheless, if that's the case, as Redfield pointed out, the answer will not be resolved, you know, through scientific investigation. It will have to be resolved through intelligence. Hmm. It's going to have to be resolved through intelligence work on the part of the 
CIA and uh, and others. Uh, congressional investigators, you know, should be prepared to summon very credible Chinese defectors. They're out there uh, to testify, probably in executive session. Absolutely. I think they also, and I think what the Congress has to do, and I don't know if they've done it or they're doing it, hopefully they will do it. It is really critical uh, for the House of Representatives to enlist the crucial assistance of scientists who specialize in the field of evolutionary virology. Because as you know, you know, from your own experience as a lawyer, sometimes if you put evidence in front of people that is somewhat complex uh, and, 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 and novel, they do not, not necessarily know what they're looking at. Uh, and that is certainly the truth, certainly the case with most ordinary lay people who are dealing with a very, very complex issue like molecular biology. Yeah, absolutely right? good point. Uh, uh, I mean, I have stressed this, by the way, privately uh, to the senior uh, congressional investigative staff that they should enlist the crucial assistance of those kinds of scientists in order to help them to to basically be able to come to some satisfactory conclu- conclusion where they're at least personally and professionally satisfied uh, that they have done the very best job that they can do. I hope they follow your advice. We're talking to Robert Moffat, a senior fellow in domestic policy studies at the Heritage Foundation. And and Robert, last question. Senator sure. Rand Paul, he was, he was ridiculed. He's a physician, by the way, but he was ridiculed by the mainstream media over the past two years plus for raising concerns about something called gain of function. Can you oh, yeah. explain what, what is gain of function and why is it important for the congressional hearings to look into this as well? Well, because unfortunately there's a second, uh, there's a twin sister uh, controversy to the whole origins question, and that is to what de- degree did American taxpayers inadvertently contribute uh, to the uh, development of this deadly virus. Um, we know uh, that, you know, since for, for several years, uh, going back to 2014, uh, the National Institutes of Health awarded a company called EcoHealth, the research firm EcoHealth, $3.7 million uh, in grants to study uh, bat coronaviruses. In 2016, EcoHealth uh, fell out of compliance with the terms of the grant that they had gotten from Dr. Fauci's organization, the NIH, and they failed to uh, file uh, uh, timely uh, reports when they were supposed to on what, what they were doing with these experiments. When they did file the report, it was clear that EcoHealth was in collaboration with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology was engaged in what is called gain-of-function research. Now, gain-of-function research, so, uh, you know, it it sounds strange, but what gain-of-function research is, it's basically a type of research that engineers or modifies or enhances a pathogen or a biological agent in such a way that it it confers enhanced power uh, for that pathogen to be more transmissible and to be more lethal. So it's fundamentally dangerous stuff.
stuff. It's the kind of stuff that you would find in a James Bond movie. Okay? Absolutely. All right. So the lab work to create the lab work, in other words, would create a more virulent strain uh, of the virus. Now, the argument is, is that we well, this is what we know. We know that, you know, and we found this out from the State Department, frankly, back in April of 2020. We know that um, the um, Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology uh, had a staffer on board. Uh, Dr. Xi Zheng Li, who was involved very heavily in gain-of-function research. We also know that she was being partially funded from the EcoHealth Alliance that had been receiving millions of dollars from the National Institutes of Health. What we don't know is the degree to which that money uh, contributed to gain-of-function research that perhaps, again, we can't prove this from what we know, but perhaps contributed, perhaps contributed to the coronavirus that we have come to know and hate as SARS-CoV-2. Um, will, will these hearings get into get into this area so we can get some indication about whether we are taxpayers dollars went to to partially fund what turned out to be the one of the worst global pandemics of all time? <laughs> Well, it would be it would be a gross dereliction of duty on on the part of uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and Congressman uh, Comer of Kentucky uh, and uh, and Congressman Wenstrup of Ohio if in fact they did not do that, and uh, I think they are going to do that. I'm quite sure that as we speak. There's a, there is a ton of congressional staff work that is being done right now. And, uh, you know, and if necessary, they are going to have to uh, prepare uh, subpoenas. Now, of course, you know, Anthony Fauci is no longer in the government, but that doesn't make any difference. As you know, Counselor, yeah. uh, subpoenas can follow you home. Yeah, and yes, and, and on vacation. Uh, they can follow you uh, just about oh, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, so now uh, the, the the issue here is with regard to uh, Eco Health Alliance, they've got a bad record so far, and uh, and so you know uh, they they failed to report on a critical experiment. We know from that critical experiment that they were involved in an experiment in which uh, they were testing um, um, they were testing uh, proteins uh, in naturally occurring bat coronaviruses uh, that were capable of binding to uh, human, um, what they call ACE2 receptor cells in in a mouse model. Uh, And in that particular case, the mouse got sicker, the mice got sicker and the mice, than the mice that were infected with a normal coronavirus, the bat coronavirus. Anyway, it's a, it's 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 kind of you know we're getting into you know areas that frankly I I don't have any expertise. Right, in, but... it, it does get very deep. But but your point is is that this needs to be an area of inquiry to find out if if our taxpayer dollars went to fund possibly fund the origins of COVID nineteen. That is exactly correct. And what Re- Senator Paul has actually made a decision on his own. Senator Paul believes that Anthony Fauci, Anthony Fauci was not truthful in his testimony before the Senate last year. Um, let me put it this way. 
I, I think, and I think you would agree, I think we have to have him go again. Yes. In, in order think, to answer some of those questions, hey, Robert, we're, we're going to have to wrap this up because we went over and, and we're, we, we went beyond where I needed to go. But you are such an excellent expert on this that I wanted to get as much information here as we could. If folks want to continue to follow what you write on this and other subjects, how can they do that? Uh, you just go to heritage.org, uh, and uh, uh, that's the Heritage website. And uh, if you do that, and if you want to look at the essays that I've done, uh, you just simply uh, write, uh, you can Google it, Robert Moffitt, M-O-F-F-I-T, uh, the Heritage Foundation. Well, well uh, I will I will be reaching out to you again, sir, and probably in the near future as this develops, because you have your finger on the pulse of this issue. And I appreciate you joining us this evening here on Camo X. Well, it's a pleasure, Brad. And uh, I think uh, it's vitally important that we hold the feet to the fire uh, of our uh, elected officials to make sure that they follow through on what they promised they would do. I mean, Jim Jordan, as I said, Kevin McCarthy, um, Congressman Comer. Congressman Wenstrup, they have a huge responsibility. And frankly, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I think what ordinary Americans ought to do is like cheerleaders on the sideline, cheer them on as, and yell and support them <laughs> as well as you can. Well, I'm doing that with 50,000 red-hot watts here on Camo X. Mr. Robert Moffitt, thanks again for joining us here on Camo X. Okay, Brad. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Hey, we're going to take a break, but we're also going to open the phone lines. What do you think about these hearings? What do you want these hearings to reveal? And do you think it's important to know where this virus came from? 314-436-7900 on KMOX. We'll be right back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in this evening. We're talking about COVID, talking about the origins of COVID, about the hearings that are going on on Capitol Hill. And do you think it's important? What would you like to know about COVID that you don't currently know? I mean, that's the whole point of a hearing is to obtain information, to uh, depose witnesses or to have them testify live, to review and subpoena documents, and to find out information that's needed to reach a conclusion about something. That's the point of a hearing. What would you like to hear from the COVID hearings that are going on starting today right on Capitol Hill? Let's go to the phone lines, and David's been holding. Hey, David, welcome to KMOX. Hello? Yeah, hey, you're on. Welcome to oh, KMOX. Okay. okay. All right. I, there's usually the sound when it happens. But anyway, now, um, now I'd, like to, I'd like to have a good question put to their president over there. Well, the king, I call him, but um, in the— uh, communist country um why did he he knew about this stuff as far as i know it goes up all the way back into 2019 of october 2019 maybe even earlier but um he blocked off everybody from wuhan coming into beijing and other places but he let them fly around all over the world and in fact they sent them out Mm-hmm. To uh, all throughout Europe, throughout here in the United States, he spread it around deliberately. It had to be deliberately. 
And <clears throat> maybe he was thinking it wasn't – he might say, well, we didn't know it was bad. Well, then why would you block it off in Beijing? You know? Yeah. Well, part so of the I thing think- going on here, part of the thing going on, David, is we just didn't know how to react to this kind of, of a situation. Uh, every, we were literally writing the playbook for this as it was happening because at least since, oh my goodness, in, the, in however many decades you want to go back in time, we haven't had a global pandemic that spread so quickly and and, and, and amassed victims so quickly compared to COVID. We just never experienced it. So I, to some extent, again, we were writing the playbook as as we were experiencing it. Well, yeah, but that was it had my hundred years ago, you know. Right, but a hundred years but, ago we didn't have planes. A hundred years ago we didn't have the kind of mobile, mobile uh, uh, populace in the world that moves around so quickly now. So that completely changes the equation. There's a great Tom Clancy book that I read. Oh my goodness, twenty years ago about uh, an extremist group, a terrorist group that was going to infect the planet with a virus and they were going to infect people at the Olympics so that they would go home to their home countries and spread the virus. I mean, this was the stuff of novels until we actually experienced it. Yeah, I understand. But the question I would put to him is that how would you answer this? He knows it's bad. And he says, you can't come to Beijing, but you can go around the rest of the world. What's the answer to that is the question. Yeah, well, I hope the hearings get to that, David. I'm going to be listening for your question to be answered as these hearings progress. But thanks for calling this evening here on Camel X. All right. Thank you, sir. I love your show, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Hey, we've got some other calls on hold. We've got to take a break here because Matt Pajeski costs a lot of money. So we've got to take a break here to pay his salary. Camo X, at your service. We'll be back right after this. We're talking COVID tonight. Thankfully, we're not talking about closures or forced vaccinations or school cancellations or any of that stuff. Thankfully, that's all behind us. But we're talking now about the hearings and what you would like to hear from these hearings. What do you want to know about COVID that you don't already know? Patrick's been holding for a while. Hey, Patrick, what's on your mind? Hey, Brad. I was curious. Well, when COVID first hit, uh, I heard a story somewhere, I don't know the source, that said Dr. Fauci has multiple patents on multiple strains of protein associated with a coronavirus. So what I'd like to know is, if it's true and if, if Fauci had a conflict of interest from the get-go? You know, that's a great question. And that was actually raised by many people, even when Fauci testified uh, on Capitol Hill uh, last year, because that would explain, again, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm not trying to spread a rumor uh, because I don't know the truth of it. But there is a legitimate question here, Patrick, that you've raised, is that was Dr. Fauci enriched to some extent, by having patents on different coronaviruses and how they may have been used during the gain-of-function research in Wuhan. That's an excellent, excellent question. And I'm certain that if Rand Paul has anything to do with influencing any of these hearings, of course, he's in the Senate and these are in the House, but one has to hope that he has an influence, because if he does, I think we'll get answers to those questions. Thank you, Brad. Hey, Patrick, thanks for calling in this evening. 
I thought, and I, I mentioned this to my wife, literally the first moment that I heard about the, the about the coronavirus at the end of very end of 2019 or maybe early January of 2020, because I've read a lot over the years about the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And when you see this coronavirus that no one's seen before, that no one's experienced before, you don't know where it started, but it was literally the, the first patient to have it was two blocks from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Uh, it, it just makes sense that that could be a cause of this. I mean, to, to exclude that is to exclude the obvious. And in, in the next hour, one of the things I'm going to be breaking down, and you may say, wait, Brad, that has nothing to do with COVID. I'm going to be breaking down uh, the Alex the Alec Murdoch uh, guilty verdict. And, of course, he got sentenced at the end of last week. But, hey, I'm just this is the first time I've been on since then. But I want to break down some of the evidence that I think is utterly fascinating. But here's how it ties in with COVID. If you look at the evidence that convicted Alec Murdoch, the attorney in South Carolina, there was no witness to the crime. There was no uh, evidence that tied him to the crime in terms of bloody fingerprints, in terms of clothing that had blood on them. None of that traditional evidence. So it was all what's called circumstantial evidence. That's a term that many times is used to say, well, it's only circumstantial evidence. It's not direct evidence. But at some point during the case of a trial, when the circumstantial evidence becomes so overwhelming, like we saw in the Alex Murdoch case, the, the, the guilt or the presumption of guilt becomes proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And so in this instance, we're never going to have in COVID, we're never going to have some guy that testifies, yes, I was the guy, I, I put something in my lunchbox at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and I walked out and a bat swooped in and ate my lunch and it was in my lunch. You're, you're not going to get any direct evidence like that. But if, if there is enough circumstantial evidence, like some of the things I mentioned, that, that uh, immediately the sequences, the evidence of the research that was going on in Wuhan was deleted in September of 2019, that the military swings in and takes control of the entire unit. And the first thing the military does is bring in a contractor to completely alter all the ventilation systems in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That's all circumstantial evidence. But just like the circumstantial evidence that was so overwhelming that it, it the, the jury in the Alec Murdoch case was only out for three hours. And at least according to some of the testimony from the, from the jury members, they made a decision in less than an hour. That circumstantial evidence can reach a verdict, and it can do so here with COVID in the same way we just have to get to the bottom of it. Hey, we're going to talk about that Alec Murdoch case in the next hour. Also, phone lines are going to be open all next hour. No, we don't have any interviews for that. Uh, and I want to hear from you. That's what AM radio is all about, hearing from you. Brad Young here on KMOX. We'll be back right after the top of the hour.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.